everybody. Welcome to the Husker CuzCast Sports Show. This is Justin along with my cousins Derek and Tyler. We are recording this episode on Wednesday, August 23rd. We're about to dive into our 2017 Nebraska season preview, which is now only 10 days away. You guys excited? Hell, Hell yes, yeah. I can't wait. And really, it's, it's nine days. days right here. It's nine, nine days, days at this point. Is it? Okay, well, it's less than 10 is all I know. It's like nine hours, there's like nine days, 22 hours, and some odd minutes, but hey, we're on single off. digits, boys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hey, big things happened this week. You know, the top 25, the AP poll came out. Uh, the coaches was last week, and now we have the AP, so we have two polls to to uh, compare. Uh, what are the biggest surprises that, that you guys saw out of the coaches and AP poll? We'll start with you, Tyler. You know, for me, I think the biggest shocker is where they have LSU. I, I, I looked at the SEC as a whole, and outside of Alabama, I, I'm expecting a down year for the conference. And, you know, LSU is in the top 15. Last year, they were 8-4. and four. Uh, Not a good year. Ed Ordron's taking the helm full-time as the head coach, and I think he's a coach really best spent for, like, a short-term basis. I'm not confident based off what he did at Ole Miss in the past, that he can run a program. And I, I, I'm i absolutely shocked on where he, LSU is and, and honestly where the whole SEC is. I think it's an overrated conference this year. I, I'm really shocked by how high the media have them. Dirk, what do you have? Uh, you know, one of my biggest things that I had was how much of a drop-off there is in the Big Ten. You know, you have you – have, Four people in the t- in the top ten or top eleven, between depending on, depending on which poll you look at, and after that nobody's ranked, and that surprises me a little bit. Like it doesn't seem like to me like the drop off should be that dramatic. It, it, well, it was think, also uh, it, the other thing that really surprised me too was that the Big Twelve has more ranked teams in the Big Ten. I'm with you on the Big 12. I don't see it, and I and and not only do I not see them the depth of the conference, which is the, the poll C. I don't see the top heaviness. I don't see Oklahoma and Oklahoma State both being top ten programs. I, I really don't see those teams being there. I I, I think Baker Mayfield is going to be have a good year. Uh, I, I really think Matt uh, Mason Rudolph out of Oklahoma State is going to have a good year. But it's the same old story for the Big 12. They're quarterback heavy. And nothing else is in that conference. And I think it's an overrated conference across the board. I'll agree with you on that point, Tyler. But I will say about Oklahoma State, we had this discussion, I think it was last week, when we made our conference predictions. And I really like Oklahoma State this year. I I have them in the playoffs. I think their schedule is going to get them there. So I think they are going to be a top 10 team when it comes down to it. Uh, For me, I... I'm not along with you guys as far as uh, surprises. I think both polls, they're basically comparable. You know, I I don't think there's anything crazy between the two polls. Uh, You know, it's week zero, essentially. The only thing that I absolutely hate is that Texas gets the benefit of the doubt year in, year out. And we got Texas here, who this is the team that hasn't had a winning season since 2013. Think about that for a second. Is Tom Herman going to save the day? He may, but right now, come on. Both polls have him in the top 25. I hate that. Tyler. Yeah, Justin, another team that's getting that you know, benefit of the doubt is USC. 
I, I don't know how they're the fourth team in the country ahead of the defending national championship in Clemson. I mean, I get it. Sam Darnold's a really good quarterback, and they had a good Rose Bowl appearance. But that that wasn't a world-beating team last year. And I don't know how you have them. You know, I get them being a top 10 team, but where are they coming up with fourth? I mean, where are these expectations coming from? Well, if I had to Southern California. That, well, that, that true, that's true also, but I think it's also because they have so many returning people, especially at the skill positions. And Clemson, they lost so much. I mean, they did. But trivia fact on this, USC has not finished the season in the top 20 in a season they've been ranked in the top 25, in the top 10, since they won the last national championship before 2005. Yeah, yeah. So if they start the season in the top ten, they have not finished the season in the top twenty. And this is the and that's happened four times. Is that, that the national championship this happen? Is that the national championship that was yanked from them? <laughs> Touche. That's not not a real national championship. Well, uh, let's the, talk, let's talk the other about, thing that, yeah. that I found very sad, and to me, this is maybe this is just the Husker fan in me. The fact the AP poll had Appalachian State with the same amount of votes as Nebraska drives me insane. Like, are we really that down? Well, it's interesting you say that, Derek. Let's talk about Nebraska for a second. Obviously, they're not ranked. But what does Nebraska need to do to crack the top 25 this year? Or do they? Derek? Well, I think if you beat Oregon, there's a good chance you probably crack the top 25 there. If you lose to Oregon, you have to beat Wisconsin. If you can't beat either one of those two teams, we're probably not cracking the top 25 the rest of the year. Yeah, Derek, I, I, I agree completely. I think if we beat Oregon, especially if we somehow beat them in a confident and dominant fashion, I, I could see us cracking the top 25. But if we don't there, if we, if, if we haven't moved up in the polls yet, um, by then, if we haven't got the respect, I think it's going to be it's going to take us until Wisconsin. I think we're going to have to start a four or five and zero oh for us to get there. I, I, I'm really going to be intrigued on how the media responds to us beating Oregon because I don't know how much respect Oregon's got this year. Yeah, I completely agree with you, Tyler. You know, right now we're already buried in the getting votes column in both polls. And so I think it's going to take a great showing against Oregon just to crack the top 25. And if that doesn't happen, uh, God forbid we lose. Jeez. You know what? There's a scenario with Wisconsin, Ohio State coming up. We may not even sniff the top 25 this year if we lose against Oregon. That's a do, possibility. Do, do either of you guys have the stat, and, and I'm putting you guys on the spot here, when's the last season we didn't hit the top 25 at all during the season? Do you guys know that? We didn't crack it the whole season because I was thinking 2008. Pretty sure 2015. I'm pretty sure 2015. Because the last time Nebraska started in the top 25, I believe, was in 2014. Yeah, that that could be. I mean, look look at what happened in 2015, you know. Yeah, we, we We fired a head coach, and then all of a sudden we lose right out the gate with BYU. Yeah, good point. We probably didn't crack the top 25 that year. I, I blocked that year out because I went to a couple of those games. <laughs> Wish we had somebody to fact check us right now. But uh, let, let's move on. Let's uh, talk about the, the 2017 Nebraska season preview. This is what we've been looking forward to. 
and we're so close to football season, but let's start off with the offense. What would you guys say is our biggest strength on offense this year? Tyler. You, you know, it, this is a tough one because our offense in a lot of ways is very unproven, but I'm going to say our biggest strength is going to be Tanner Lee's accuracy and, and, and how good his performance is, is going to, you know, vary throughout the year. But the one thing that I think we're going to see from him is an accurate quarterback. I think between checkdowns and the screen game and the short passing game, we're going to be very, very effective there. And, you know, I, I really expect last year we finished in the bottom 10, I believe, in the country in pass completion percentage. I really think you look at this team this year on offense, we have the opportunity to have a very, very efficient offense. Now, how productive it is is yet to be seen, but I really am expecting Tanner Lee to have a very accurate year this year. Derek? Well, I kind of I kind of figured everybody would go the quarterback route, so I kind of tried to go the other way. And I, I know that we're a little thin in this position, but I actually went with the wide receivers slash tight ends. I, I think it's kind of mix and match with those a little bit. I mean, if, if Stanley Morgan and DPE can stay healthy and Tyson Lindsay can have the year we're all kind of expecting him to have, Keon Williams will be back and healthy. I'm expecting good things out of that guy. Uh, the tight ends, look, our tight ends guys average like six foot four, six foot five. I mean, these are big guys. If they can catch the ball, we should be in pretty good hands with those tight ends. Tyler. Did, now, did you include our true freshman in that calculation? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Those guys that should be playing basketball. <laughs> the, the, the six foot eight tight ends. But Derek, I, I don't know if I agree with you there, man. I, I, I really, I, I, we've been talking about depth at wide receiver and I, I really have concerns after Morgan and after DPE, where the proven guy is, I think everything else is all hype. And you could say the same thing about Tanner Lee at this point. But, I mean, I, I, I think our wide receivers are a concern of the team this year. Mm-hmm. I, I, I yeah. just think that, that with uh, – somebody's going to have to step up every year. We're always going to have the new, the new guys have to come in. And with Tyson Lindsay, with his athleticism – if he can get that offense down, he could be a big playmaker, I think. I don't know. I wouldn't count on hope as being a strength of the offense. I went with the depth at running back. I think the running back position, I think all three of those top three guys, those are certainly capable. I don't know which one's going to get the, the nod, but I feel comfortable with any one of those guys taking the load. Um, as uh, Tyler mentioned, the quarterback position, yeah, that, I think that's a strength right there with Tanner Lee. That's that's obvious to me, not wide receiver. All right. So let's – okay, so we'll uh, bring in the biggest areas of concern on offense, and we'll start with you, Derek. Well, see, I'm a completely opposite of you as normal. Running backs is my biggest concern. <laughs> Absolutely. Okay. These guys – None of them have really proven anything. Trey Bryant, early on the year, struggled with fumbling the ball. Now, hopefully he's got that fixed, but again, you're talking hope. Mikel Wilbon, we still don't know what he can do. He, did, he couldn't catch a, fill, a, a ball in the backfield when, when Armstrong was throwing it to him. Now, hopefully 
Tanner Lee can get it to him a little bit better than Armstrong did. But uh, Ozigbo was probably, to me, the most consistent back, but he's injury prone. Okay. Yeah. Derek, and I'm with you, I have concern about our wide receiver depth, but way more concern to me is our running back positions. Um, you, know, you, you mentioned Zigbo having health concerns. Hell, Trey Bryant has health concerns. He wasn't healthy last year. He's not healthy now. Our buddy Nick Gregith came on a couple weeks ago and gave us a great conversation and talked about how Will Bond has had trouble picking up the offense. I mean, we, I mean, we may be sitting there with two running backs that can't stay healthy and a guy that doesn't know the damn playbook. I mean, that, that, that's what we may be looking at. And more importantly, last year our running game wasn't the greatest in the country, but Tommy Armstrong made them a lot better. I mean, you look at the rushing yards, he accounted for, I, I, I apologize, but about 600 yards, 500 yards last year. Um, I, I wish Stat Boy would correct me if I'm wrong there. but uh, <laughs> I, I didn't look but, it but, up, but, so I'm not 100% sure on but, that. But, 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 but Armstrong, had, you know, he accounted for – good chunk of rushing yards and you know we're we're losing that and and you really wonder if we're going to be behind on the downs a lot you know you look at first down if we're going to run if we're going to be at second and eight second and nine a lot this season and behind on the downs i I will also add this i think if we do a running back by committee which is what it sounds like we're going to start off with i don't think that works i don't like the running back by committee i understand that one running back can't take all the carries but at the same time, it seems like when these guys start getting into a groove, you pull them out and put a new guy in, and it just doesn't work. Well, let me – all right, so let me a little bit defend myself here on the running back situation. Uh, I think the running backs – I mean, when you're looking at strengths of the offense, you know, we're hoping that the quarterback position is the strength. And then after you get past that, you know – the positions that you have remaining wide receivers. I don't think wide receivers is a strength of the offense at all. I think that's an area of concern just because of the depth. You know, we got two young guys that came in, you know, McQuitty and Johnson, they're gone. They're, they're out, uh, they're out for the year. And then you got, uh, Kian Williams and you got JD Spielman who are banged up right now. We don't have a lot of abled bodies right back there. We, we have some abled bodies, but we don't have a lot of depth there. And so, I, I went over to the running backs just because everything that we've heard, you know, coming at, you know, out of the spring and into the fall, they're all doing a superb job, right? That's what, that's what, at least what we're being told. Uh, but, you know, you're, you're criticizing me, you know, for they haven't proved anything. Derek, you're talking about receivers that haven't proved anything at the college level at all. And you're raising hope on those guys. Well, I, how, I just, how do you say that? Haven't haven't? I would say that they've proven more than the running backs have between Stanley Morgan and DPE. Okay, those two guys. But you're talking about Lindsey. But those are going to be your being two, the second those be your go-to guys. And he hasn't even played yet. But but DPE and Stanley Morgan are your go-to guys. And if they can stay healthy, I think that's a very big strength. Well, so here's my thing, Derek. And and, and again, I still think the running backs are more of a concern. But DPE, and again, a great athlete, but what the hell has that guy ever done at wide receiver? I mean, this guy has never been a producer at wide receiver. Stanley Morgan, yes, he has been, but that's one guy. And you look at this team, but but again, I'm going the biggest concern with running backs, Justin. 
Uh, you, you say what they've done in camp, and that's all fine and dandy, but how many of these times are they taking the ball 20 times a game? Are, are they in the contact zone? It, it's not the talent I'm concerned with these guys. It's the health factor. It's the knowledge. That's where I'm concerned with these running backs. And more or less, I'm concerned with the offensive line. There are they going to be the offensive line that's going to be able to push? So while I'm concerned with the talent at running back, can our offensive line create the holes that we need to run the game? And how the hell none of us picked our offensive line is the biggest area of concern is beyond me. I didn't pick them because I was sure you two would. But I, 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 I am changing my no. pick officially. Our offensive line is our biggest question mark because those guys got worked in pass defense last year, and our run game was generated mainly by Tommy Armstrong. I'm just going to say I had to go into defensive mode after being called out about the running back, six, running back situation. I did have offensive line as they have something to prove. They absolutely have something to prove, but I have the wide receiver area as an area of concern as well as the offensive line. But I think we're all in agreement here. With our offense, it, it is one big question mark this year. There is nothing proven about our offense this year. There is a lot of hype in there. Absolutely. And I did have offensive line written down as well. But I truly did. You know, they struggled so bad last year. And so who's to say they're going to improve? Until I see proof, I, 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 it's a big concern. And... But I do. I do. I want to ask you guys this: Do you think not having the mobile quarterback back there could possibly help them a little bit with knowing where the quarterback's at and knowing how to block, rather than where Armstrong's scrambling around so so much back there? They don't really know where he's at. I I, I think I think that's a tricky question. I I don't know if the mobile quarterback will be a factor. I think the offensive play calling will help them. You know, Tommy Armstrong, where where he a lot of his passes were these three step drops or these shotgun snaps where he was deep in the formation and he held it while the wide receiver got open. I expect a lot quicker of an offensive attack. I, I think a lot of short passes, the screen game that is going to keep defensive ends from being able to just run up on them. Now, if we run a play similar to Tommy Armstrong, where we're expecting him to hold it three or four seconds, I think we're going to miss Tommy. I mean, we saw that in the bowl game, how bad they were got beat up when we didn't have Tommy back there. And I think it's all about how Langsdorf calls the offense. Well, let's, let's stay on the quarterback position here for just one second. I want to talk about Tanner Lee a little bit more in depth. What expectations do you guys have for him this year? Tyler. Okay, I, I, I'm going to actually throw this question back to our host. Justin, what, what expectations do you have for Tanner Lee this year? <laughs> okay, so you guys absolutely ridiculed the hell out of me. Because on Twitter, uh, Michael Severe, he posted a question about Tanner Lee's expectations. And come on, he, he's given a prize at the end of the year who gets closest to his stats, right? And I posted that I think that Tanner Lee should have 3,835 yards, 34 touchdowns, and nine interceptions. I'm okay with that. You know, Lee is a guy who's getting all this NFL hype. You know, he's getting this NFL hype, NFL love, based off of nothing but attending some camps. Now, if this guy is truly like a one-and-done, as some of these scouts and some of these pros are stating, well, shouldn't he put those types of numbers up? Well, 
Hell yeah, I should. So that's why I went with that prediction. And I know you guys are a little bit more, you know, like Tommy Armstrong-esque when you came out to your predictions because that's what we're just used to. Derek. Tyler, Tyler, I think, Tyler, I think Tyler had something to say. Go ahead, Tyler. <laughs> okay. I heard an awe. So, 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 so uh, those those stats. Let, let me let me read another quarterback in the Big Ten. His senior, his one of his season, his senior year stats. Uh, he had thirty six hundred yards, twenty six TDs, and twelve interceptions. Okay, that's pretty respectable year. Okay, everyone agrees. That's Drew Brees. Okay, Drew Brees' senior season. You have him throwing for three hundred more yards. 12 more touchdowns and three fewer interceptions than Drew Brees did his senior year. Justin, I, I am on the Tanner Lee hype train, but you have him being a, the number one overall pick is where you have Tanner Lee finishing the year. Uh, it out. is not. Help me out. Where did Drew Brees play? Purdue. Okay. Thank you. Derek. <laughs> <laughs> well, with all of our concerns at wide receiver, I don't know why you think he can get get the ball to him so well. But you know, my I guess my expectations really, without throwing the yards and everything out there just yet, my biggest my biggest expectations for Tanner Lee are to win games and don't throw a lot of interceptions. Those are my biggest those those are my expectations. But those are my expectations for every Nebraska quarterback. So I guess if you really want me to get into yards and touchdowns and interceptions. I'd like to see him throw around 33, 3,400 yards, maybe over 20 touchdowns and less than 10 interceptions. Derek, Derek, I'm a lot closer to you. I mean, Joe Gans has the Nebraska record with a little bit over 3,500 passing yards, and I think he's going to push that this year. I think he's really going to compete for the all-time single-season re- passing record at Nebraska. I, I also think he's going to push the 30-touchdown barrier. Um, you know, I, I think I think the big question mark is his interceptions. I mean, he he did not control those great at Tulane. We have concerns about the pass rush. We have concerns at wide receiver. When I hear concerns about the pass offensive line and wide receivers, I, I think there's going to be situations where they're not where they want to be, and he's going to be pressured to get the ball there. I, I I do worry about his interception total. I I was optimistic, and this is the one I I, I regret my uh, my prediction at nine right interceptions the more I think about it I, I really expect that number is going to be closer to 12 to 13 picks this year um yeah but but Justin I I I of course we have the pessimist and the optimist and I, I'm a little bit more in the middle with uh my predictions <laughs> this year well you know Derek likes to predict a little bit more closer to his buddy Tommy Armstrong but uh, <laughs> let's talk about these running backs just one bit more do you guys think that we'll have a 1,000-yard running back this year? Derek? Well, that all depends on if we're going to do a running back by committee or not. If they can get a guy that's going to put himself in to be the number one guy and actually get the runs, then yes, we might have a 1,000-yard rusher. But if we're doing this running back by committee, I don't know if I see any guys breaking 700 yards. Tyler? And Derek, I think we are running back by committee, and, and if not throughout the year, at least to start the year, I think we're going to be trying. I think Trey Bryant's going to emerge as the guy if he can stay healthy. But I think that with our offense, our offensive line, I think it's going to take a few weeks before he establishes himself as the guy. And 
by then it's going to be too late. I think the running back thing that I, I, I am intrigued on is who's going to lead the running backs in receiving yards. I think that's yeah. going to be the, a really interesting thing. Cause I think all three of them are capable out of the backfield. I, I, Derek, I just, I don't know how we don't do running back by committee. I just don't see any of those running backs handling 25 carries a game. Finally, one topic we can all agree on because yeah, I'm, I'm with you guys on, uh, I don't think we'll have a thousand yard rusher, but I'm with you, Tyler. I, th- I think the uh, name of the game is going to be the receiving game. How many screens these guys are going to catch out of the backfield. I think that's going to be the most exciting aspect about this running back committee that we have. Because like you said, all of them are certainly capable of, well, maybe Mikhail Wilbon <laughs> certain times. But when he actually makes a catch, he can go. He can go. So that's going to be super exciting. Derek? So, so- oh, Todd, I'm sorry. Uh, so, so one question I'm going to throw to you guys. We, we talked about this months ago about running back. And, and one guy that we were excited about what he could possibly do in the receiving game and in the running back game is Wyatt Mizzou. So I'm going to throw this out to you. Over under 200 yards all-purpose offense for Wyatt Mizzou this year. Ooh. I would have to go under just because we've heard nothing about this kid in fall camp. Spring, he sounded awesome. Everything looked great. I see him in a spring game. I thought he looked awesome. But we've heard virtually nothing about him in a fall camp. I'm kind of I'm kind of with Derek. You know, maybe maybe in Arkansas State, you know, he gets some touches in some of these other games that he can get some touches. But you know what? I think already there's too many mouths to feed. They're at the running back position. I mean, you got to get really deep down into your depth just to get White Missouri the touches that he needs to get to 200 yards because we're already talking about three capable running backs who all need their touches. So I, I don't know. Once you get down to the White Missouri, you know you got the Austin Rose and some of the other guys out there. Too many people. No, I say under. I agree completely, and I want to, on the record, go back and listen. I believe I called him a spring game wonder after that game, <laughs> and, and, and I think everyone's like, oh, no, no, he's going to contribute this year. He's going to be a guy, and, and I, I agree with you guys. Well, but remember, we had Brandon Kavanaugh on. He was so high on this guy. So that probably got a little bit of our hype up a little bit, too. Yeah, but touche. You know what, though? But – there's still talk about him being a very good contributor or a valid contributor on the kickoff returns. That could still happen. And he may find his role there. And so it may not be, you know, on the running back side, but kick return, that's equally important as opposed to, you know, your fourth running back in garbage time. Anyway, let's, let's, let's move on to defense. So we talked about the strengths of the offense. Let's talk about the strengths of the defense. What's the biggest strength of the defense, Tyler? So, you know, similar to offense, I I, I look at this, and and I I think the easy answer to me is going to be safeties. But I'm going to take this a different route. I'm going to say it's not necessarily a position group. It's a trend. I think this year we are going to do a hell of a lot better at limiting the big play. You know, last year we, we had an issue with giving up big plays on offense. I think when you look at the linebackers, you look at the safeties, and I think we're going to be a lot better of a team 
at a disciplined defense under Diaco's scheme of giving up these big plays and help and hurting the defense. I, I really expect that to change this year. Derek. Well, what I have is inside linebackers and the dog linebacker. The cat linebacker I is a little more towards the concern side. But the inside linebacker and the and the dog linebacker with Diedrich Young, Chris Weber, and then you got Luke Gifford and Marcus Newby kind of vowing for that dog position. I, these guys seem like they're going to be really good on paper, at least. And I, I, I guess, to me, I think that's uh, going to be probably our biggest strength, and hopefully they can shut down the run a little bit and, like Tyler said, kind of stop some of these big plays. Yeah, I think our biggest strength on defense is Coach Diaco. Hands down, he is our biggest strength. Uh, you know, I'm not sure about if this is a strength, but I really like what I'm hearing out of the defensive line. You know, guys like Freedom, Stoltenberg, and Carlos Davis, and, you know, even his brother, uh, Khalil Davis. I think they're making a name for themselves. And even the young guys like Dante, uh, Deontay Thomas and Damian Daniels. They're getting reps and they're getting acknowledged by the coaching staff. So I really like what I'm hearing uh, on the defensive line front. Any, any more thoughts? <laughs> no, I, I, Justin, Justin, I'm with you. I think you look at last year, I think our defensive line played pretty well. And granted, it was a 4-3. is a different defense. But they were young. You look at Stolenberg. He's put on about 25 pounds. I think he's going to do well at the nose guard position. You know, the Big Ten uh, media, they really loved what they saw out of Freedom. You know, he had a kind of a sophomore slump last year. I think he's going to do well, at especially at that 3-4 defensive end. I like Carlos Davis at that position. I think that's a more natural fit for him than the 4-3 defensive tackle. I, I really do like what I see out of our defensive line. My, my concern about putting them as our biggest strength is just this is a whole new ball game. This 3-4 is going to change a lot for these guys. And while I think they have the tools and a lot of fits, it goes back to the offense. It, it's, it's unknown. And just, I love your pick for Diaco. That's kind of where I went with the big plays on defense. I think Diaco's scheme, I mean, it's not necessarily, he, he he's not gonna, probably going to rank in the top 20 in total yards, but I think he's going to limit those big plays and prevent teams from getting in the end zone. And I, I really expect his scheme to be the MVP. Well, at the end of the day, what do people remember, right? It's not if you gave up 400 yards total offense. You know, hey, did how many points did you give up? Oh, 17? Yay. Good job, bud. Uh, biggest areas of concern on the defense. Tyler, back at you. Uh, I got cornerbacks. I, I, I think our cornerbacks are my biggest concern. I, I, I love the athleticism from Eric Lee and Lamar Jackson. I think that they are both highly recru uh, recruited four stars. Um, I, I don't love our depth there. I, I think I'm concerned if an injury ha happens before Chris Jones gets back. And those two are just too unproven for me. Derek? I have two of them, really. That I, I kind of mentioned earlier about the cat linebacker position where it sounds like probably Alex Davis is going to get the starts. And there's... <laughs> He seems like he's still struggling a little bit with picking up the defense. And I don't I don't know, because this is a very important position. This is the guy that is expected to get all the pressure on a quarterback. 
your defensive line is basically there to fill gaps. And your cat linebacker is going to be your guy. He's your defensive side. He's your weak side defensive or weak side linebacker that is supposed to be putting all the pressure on the quarterback. And if he's, st- if he's struggling, we can't get pressure on a quarterback, especially with those young cornerbacks quor- that Tyler already mentioned. I, it, could be a, it could be a very big area of concern. The other one I have it kind of is the defensive line, especially at Mick Stoltenberg, just because he's six foot five and he's very big for a nose tackle. And can he stay low enough to keep the leverage on the offensive line? That's that's still a big concern to me. That truly does not concern me at all. I think that guy's a beast. Uh, I'm I'm with Tyler he on this show one. It I last think that- year. He got beat up well, a little bit last year, pretty bad. Hey, you know, Tyler already said, you know, he's put on a lot of weight. He's hit the weight room. You know, he's 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 not the same Mick Stoltenberg as last year. He's now, what, a junior? Uh, I, I'm going to agree with Tyler on the cornerback situation. I mean, the Chris Jones injury was huge. That was huge. That was one guy that we probably did not need to see get injured the way he did. Derek, on your Stolenberg thing, I, I, here, here's my thing. If Adamakin Sue, and I'm not comparing Stolenberg to Sue necessarily, if he was a nose tackle, would you worry about him? No, because he'd blow up the defensive line. At nose tackle, I agree. The stereotypical nose tackle is a short, short stout guy. But what you want out of that nose tackle is a guy that's going to eat up blocks and is going to push the center back. Um, you look at him at defensive tackle – that that's a different position. You have offensive tackles coming down on you on a regular basis. You, you're not playing as much gap control. I think you have a big body there that can push the center back and compete against these guards that are a little bit smaller. I, I, I think that's a factor in this team. And I, I really like Stolenberg, his attitude and the weight he's put on. I think he's going to be able to do those things effectively. I hope. Well, again, as much as much as you guys like to give me hell about the wide receivers, you're judging this all on hope again. Well, that's our team this year. I mean, that's you look at besides maybe <laughs> our safety position, which going back to the strengths, I kind of left them off because I thought that was what you two would go with. But 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 I, I think our safeties are set. But I think other than that, we're looking at an unproven team this year. And, and and our defensive line, I think they performed better last year than I think, and I think this system fits their strengths better. And in the words of our cousin Patrick, this 2017 season, it could be just like Star Wars, a new hope. Boom. Anyway. Yeah, yeah, that, that sucked. Uh, let, let's talk about breakout players for a second. <laughs> Moving on quick, right? Uh, breakout players on this team. Offense or defense? Who do you guys like, Derek? Well, I picked one for both, really. I think Tyjon Lindsay is an absolute breakout player. I think this kid's going to have a big year. I really do. On defense, I think Eric Lee, after watching him in the spring game, and I, I get it's hard to judge anything off the spring game, but after watching Eric Lee in that spring game, he really seemed like he was doing a damn good job. And I expect big things out of him. Tyler. I, I like your pick with Lindsey. Uh, I really do. I think that he's a kid that 
I, I think at the end of the year, he's probably not going to be one of the leaders in receptions, but you look at yards after completion, he, he's going to make plays when he gets the ball in his hands. But I, I went with our tight end, Tyler Hobbs. <gasps> I, 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 I am a big believer, and, and I don't know about his talent, but I like how they're going to use him. I, I feel like what I've heard out of camp, he's going to fit the system well and play within the system. And on defense, that was hard for me to predict, but th- there are two names that came out. Luke Gifford and Muhammad Barry. I, I think these are two guys that may not even start going into the year, but I think you're going to see these guys get in there in their game time, and they're going to contribute. And, and I think the depth at linebacker is a is a strength for this team. I think it, if you look at the end of the year, I think we're going to see what we saw in 2015 with our linebackers becoming a strength of this team again with under Trent Bray. I, I like Muhammad Barry and Luke Gifford really producing a lot this year and the backup roles. Love your picks, Tyler. That's exactly, well, I had Tyler Hops on offense as well. I think he's going to fit the Mike Riley system. Awesome. I think there's going to be a lot of short intermediate passes right there, and he's just going to be able to pick apart. You know, he's, he's going to have a field day out there. On uh, defense, I love Luke Gifford. I'm just riding that riding that train from spring ball, right? Uh, I, I didn't have your boy there, but I had Chris Weber as my alternate against uh, Luke Gifford. I think Chris Weber, I think he's going to have a, a breakout year. I, I, you know, I guess I'm going to side with Derek here. I think that linebacking crew, I think there's going to be some people in there that could break out and make it a strength for the team. But uh, as far as newcomers, top newcomers of the year, maybe we mentioned a couple of them already. Do you guys have any other top newcomers for the year? I like Spielman. I, I think this kid, I mean, I mean, a lot of our wide receivers are going to be new guys, but I think he has the athleticism in the slot position. Um, you know, Williams is going to compete for that spot, but I, I, and I think, but I think he'll ultimately be the guy out of that slot. Um, he, he wasn't the most highly touted recruit. He wasn't a four star, but he was the number, number one athlete out of Minnesota. Um, I, I think he's going to come in and make some plays for us on offense. Derek, I'm going to go back to the linebackers here, and I'm going to go with Avery Roberts. I think this kid has a nose for the ball. He's already vying for a lot of playing time, not just just scrub time. I mean, he's vying for big-time playing time. And I see this this kid doing big things. He seems to be picking up the defense real fast. He's young, but I think he's going to be good. You know, I got Tony Butler. I think he's going to be a beneficiary of the Chris Jones injury. I think he's going to be able to get in there enough times, and I think he's going to be able to prove a stake. I thought he did excellent in the spring game. Tyler. Yeah, just, just I think your pick's stupid. Uh, I, I, I like Tony <laughs> Butler. Not, I, I don't think anything against the guy, but he, here's my concern with him. Is you're looking at going into the year, he's the fourth corner. I believe when it comes down to it, in the dime formation, we're not going to see him on the field. I think we're going to see Kieran Williams coming at safety and Kalu moving to a dime formation. I think we're going to put, similar to how we did last year with Reed, I think we're going to move another safety on the field. I don't think he's going to see a lot of playing time. And I think Chris Jones, the more I've heard, he's going to come back. And when he does, that's going to be he's going to be the fifth corner in that formation. I, I just... Okay. I, it's nothing against him, but he may contribute on special teams. I just don't see him being a factor on defense. I had GD, 
I had J.D. Spielman, but you guys just already mentioned him, so I was going off with I went off my alternate guy. <laughs> anyway, uh, you guys want to move on to our poll question for the week? Let's do it. Let's do it. All right. So, our poll question on Twitter this week: If you're not following us, follow us on Twitter at Husker Cuscast. Uh, we put out a poll there: Which game has the most potential to be a trap game for Nebraska? And our choices were Northern Illinois, Illinois, Purdue, and Minnesota. Before we give the results of our poll, Derek, how did you answer this one? (laughs) This was a tough question. It really was. I decided to go with Purdue. Reason being, I think it's a possibility we're coming off two very disappointing outings between Wisconsin and Ohio State. Then we're going to have a bye week where we're going to just kind of dwell on it and then we're going to go into Purdue and I just wonder what our state of mind will be going into Purdue that would be brutal Tyler I ain't going with Purdue uh, <laughs> there's no way the, the team I think is Illinois and, and I think Illinois is going to be a little bit better than people expect this year but the thing that makes it a trap game to me is look at it in the schedule you know they, they have a bye week before us we go on the road on a short week in champaign the week before wisconsin i I think they're gonna be a little bit better than people think this year and that with them getting a week extra and us looking ahead and possibly wisconsin i think that's a game that we need to be on the lookout for as a potential trap game and plus i'm going to that game which has me nervous already yeah because every time that you attend a game we suck balls I don't know what it is about when you go to games. Have you ever seen Nebraska win outside of being in college and going to have season tickets? Have you ever seen that. He was there during the Callahan years. He didn't see any wins. <laughs> You're damn right on that, Derek. But I, I've been in Northwestern the last few times we've won there. And that's about all my road victories. Yeah. So in 2015, we lost five uh, games to teams in which we were favored. BYU, Illinois, Wisconsin, Northwestern, and Purdue. 2016, we did not lose to any team that we weren't favored. I'm trying to tie that how into a trap game that we have this year, which I think we're going to, if we, we choke, it's going to be to Illinois, based on the reasons that you gave, Tyler. I, I hate that whole scenario against uh, Illinois. I just don't like we already had this conversation before. I hate Friday night games. You guys hate Friday night games. We shouldn't be in them. Short week. Yeah, everything that you laid out, I completely agree. Uh, I'm not counting Minnesota as a trap game because I think by that time, we are who we are. You know, I mean, if we have success, we are who we are. If we start choking by then, it may not even matter what that Minnesota game. I don't think that's a that'll be a trap game. That's either going to be a must win or it's too late in the year and too many things could have happened already. Which game is a must win for Nebraska this season? Why, Derek? Okay, I guess it depends on what how the how the season's going. But I can see Wisconsin being a must-win if you're wanting to compete with the Big Ten West. But I guess, to me, Iowa is the must-win. 
because Sean Eichhorst, when he fired Bo Pelini, basically stated that he wanted to be better than Iowa. And since Bo Pelini has been fired, we have yet to beat him. And so I think this is must time. I think this is a must win for Riley to beat Iowa. All right, Tyler. I, I I got Wisconsin as the must win of the year. I, I think you, you look at the West. I think if Nebraska wants to win the West, I think last second play. All right. Uh, Tyler, we're having Lost some technical year. difficulties. I, I really think you're looking at a must-win situation in Wisconsin and Lincoln this year. Yeah, I'll agree with that, Tyler. Wisconsin is 100% the right answer in this. You know, this is going to decide. This could decide the West. If we don't beat Wisconsin this year, there's no chance we play in the championship game, and that is our goal. We need to at least get there, step up to the plate, and have a chance to knock off whether it's Ohio State, Penn State, or whoever, must win that game. Uh, Let's move on. 2017 season predictions for this Nebraska team. What do you guys got? Tyler. What a tough year to predict. Uh, This this has to be one of the toughest years we've had to predict. Maybe besides Mike Riley's first season in Lincoln, this is the hardest year I've had to predict. And and I'm going to go... I think we're going to be about a nine and three team this year. And I, and I look at this roster and I say, if I, if I was going to lay out the probabilities, go a little nerd on you for a minute. I, I think that the probabilities of us being an eight to nine win team are very, very close. I think the games that we are close to losing are Oregon, Wisconsin, Ohio state and Penn state. But I think we end up winning one of those games, probably Oregon is the game I think we most likely win. Uh, I, I, I think Wisconsin, I think we have a shot to win. But the thing about this year that I'm most excited for is I don't know a year that I thought we had more upside than this year. There, if Again, going probabilities, I think we are more likely an 11-win team this season than a 6-win team this season. I, I really do. I think if things click the way that we hope they do, I, I could see us being a 10-11-win team this season. Wow. That doesn't sound like anything that you were saying in the first half of the show, but Derek, go ahead. Uh, I have us going nine and three. I have us losing to Oregon, Ohio state and uh, Penn state, I believe. But I, we, I definitely think we can make a run for the West, but it's going to take a little help from the rest of the big 10 beating up on Wisconsin a little bit. Even if we beat them, there's a good possibility we don't make that title game. Now, if Michigan can beat them in, in Camp Randall, it gives us a little bit of help there. But I don't know if I'm 100% convinced that Michigan's going to be able to go to Camp Randall and win that game. Yeah, I also have 9-3 with a similar win-loss record as you with against you know Oregon and uh, Penn State and Ohio State. But what I want to see out of this team is I want to see a lot more consistency on the offensive side of the ball. I really want to see a little bit more consistency where it's throwing the ball, especially running the ball. Those are the things that I'm really excited about seeing. 
And on the defensive side of the ball, Tyler alluded to it earlier, you know, like uh, not giving up so many big plays. Those are the things that I really want to see out of this uh, 2017 team. And I, I think if we couple all of that together with a nine and three or, you know, hopefully 10 and two, 11, one season, it, it, it will be a success. Tyler. Justin, you, you kind of called me out because I said the upside's high, but when I look at this team this year, I, I have reasons to doubt. I mean, everyone, I mean, it's one of the things that, you know, as a fan, you got to take a step back and say, God, everyone thinks the expectations are going to be low this year. So that there is doubt over this team. But, but what I believe is Mike Riley has the deck set. Uh, he supposedly has the quarterback he wants. He has the defensive coordinator he wants. And and while while there's a lot of doubt, at it, but I think you get Wisconsin at home, that could be an upset. Oregon, I don't know what that team's going to look like this year. This is a whole new Oregon team. I think we could win there. Penn State, late in the year, that's going to be a tough place to win in Happy Valley. But if Tanner Lee's going well, I'm not convinced their defense is going to be great enough. To, to slow us down, I, I think that could be. I, I mean, I think besides Ohio State, there is not another game that I'm like, God, we we're not in this thing. If this is the expectations that the media is set, no, it, it, Tyler, it's it's not the media. It's Vegas, Vegas as well. I think you had said at one point on the show that Vegas didn't build all of those fancy buildings and huge buildings because they don't know shit, right? They have us at seven wins on the over and under, over yeah. under. Now I, I did, I did bet, I did bet the over, but I'm thinking eight or nine games, you know, maybe 10, 10 would be great. I'm not as highly optimistic and I'm an optimistic person. You call yourself a realist. That, that is just crazy talk right there to me. Well, and, and you may be right. That's why I went nine and three. If I put any money down, I'm putting nine and three as my goal. But, but I think the upside of this team if Tanner Lee is the guy that you think he is and throwing 38 touchdowns this season, I mean, we're going to average more points than we did last year. And 34 his interceptions, touchdowns. 34. Th- 34 touchdowns. So if okay, that loses I, us two games, then that's on me. But, but, but I believe, I mean, if, if his expectations, his ceiling is that high, and Diaco can just slightly improve our defense from last year, which was a 30th-ranked defense, he gets us in the top 20. I mean, you got to look at this team and say, okay, we're going to have the offense that puts up points. We're going to have the defense that put stops points. That's what you do in football. That's how you win. You score and use how old the team the less. I, I, I got to believe this year, even though we have a brutal schedule, that we have a potential. But again, that schedule I think is going to be tough. I think there's going to be a lot of close games similar to Mike Riley's first year. And I think the losses this year are going to be really close losses. All right. Derek. I, I will say this. One thing I do not want to hear by the end of this season is excuses for this defense. You, ha- I mean, you said it yourself. Mike Riley has a def- the defense that he wants. And everybody's expecting big things out of Diaco. What I don't want to hear by the end of the season is, well, yeah, but he didn't have the talent of the play. He didn't have the talent of players that he needed. He didn't have the, he didn't need, he needs time to recruit. I don't want to hear any excuses. There, there's enough players on this team that they can function well enough that they should be a good defense. Maybe not a great defense right off the bat, but at least a good defense. 
So if our defense struggles, I swear if I start hearing about recruiting and Diaco, my head is going to explode. Derek, I'm with you on that, and I'm with you on the offense too. I mean, he Mike Riley chose Tanner Lee to be the guy. He has two highly touted four stars. That's this isn't a talent issue anymore. He chose Tanner Lee to be the guy because he believes he's the guy. If Tanner Lee doesn't produce, yes, wide receivers could be to blame, but he Tanner Lee has a lot of weight on his shoulders. What he has to achieve this year too. It's not a talent issue, but one could argue it's an experience issue. Just throwing that out there. But you you look at teams like Ohio State, and and again, I'm not comparing our talent to Ohio State. They've produced with freshmen in the lineup. Why can't we? And again, our our well, expectations. All of us had nine and three. There is no reason why we can't. If we're not a nine win team this season, that's going to be a disappointment. Possibly a better well, example would even be Wisconsin. These guys lose people, lose these guys all, all the time, especially on defense. They're on their third defensive coordinator in three years, and yet their defense never seems to take a step back. No matter if they lose a coordinator or like a Jack Sitchie, who is supposed to be the leader of that defense, I don't see I don't see Wisconsin taking a, a step back in defense. We are going to find out. Everything in less than 10 days. It's so close. But really quick, super quick, guys. We got college football actually starting next week. We got four games on the slate. I just want to talk about one game. It's one of the probably the best of bunch of there. And that's Oregon State at Colorado. And Colorado State's minus four. Derek, for our first pick of the year, don't go in the hole. Who do you pick? You know, I'll call me the call me the Power Five Gomer, but I, I think Oregon State wins this game. I, I think they'll probably be the bigger, better team. I, I think Oregon State wins this game. Tyler, I, I'm with you, Derek. I got Oregon State winning. I, I like Ryan Neal, their running back out of that school. I think Oregon State's going to be better than people think. I think they're bull eligible this year. I like what Gary Anderson's building in that school. Absolutely, Colorado State. They just built a two hundred twenty dollar. $220 million stadium, by the way. Did you guys know that? I, I yeah, did because I, I live in Colorado. But, I but, knew but, you would. I knew you would. But I, I like Oregon State. I think uh, with their rushing game and then Colorado State, their defensive line, they're a bunch of small dudes. They're a bunch of small dudes. I think by the end of that game, Oregon State's going to run all over them. Just, Justin, but, uh, I'm going to throw an audible on you real quick. Let's do yeah. one more game. Let's do UMass Hawaii because that's a game I'm intrigued really? on. I'm throwing that audible at you. Last year, that game was a 46 to 40 game on Thanksgiving, a game none of us watch. I'm semi excited for that game. I'm going to put you guys on the spot right here, throw one more game at you. Who do you got? I got Hawaii to win that game. Derek? I also have Hawaii. Uh, UMass, I think, went like 2 and 10 last year. I don't see them improving much this year. Yeah, I mean, Hawaii, they were 7-7 seven and seven last year. They travel halfway around the world. But they got lots of returns, especially on the uh, skill positions. They got a lot of dudes coming back, and I think they're going to give it to UMass. It's all right. But, we could uh, all be wrong and not hurt any of us, I guess. <laughs> yeah, we could all be 2-0. <laughs> I mean, yeah, nobody loses on this one. That was pretty disappointing, actually. Hey, but but, but on, the, on UMass Hawaii, bet the over, people. 64 points. 
there's going to be no defense in that game. Hey, as a matter of fact, if you're talking about over Stanford and Rice, the over is like a 50 and a half. Bet the over on that one. That's what I got. Uh, anyway, I think we've talked long enough. Uh, we got a special announcement to make here on the Husker Cuzcast. Uh, Patrick, he has decided to step down as a full-time member of the Husker Cuzcast. We definitely want to thank him for providing endless energy to the show. Uh, but fear not, he will be back filling in from time to time as a guest. So he's not gone, but he's just stepping down from full-time duties. So thank you, Patrick, for everything that you've done for the show. You're going to be missed, and you know we love the conversations. Uh, we also have one more special announcement this week. Beginning next week and throughout the football season, we're, we're going to be moving the podcast to Tuesday nights instead of our usual Wednesday nights. So that's going to give uh, you know a little bit more reason for people to listen to our recap of the game because it's still fresh. But uh, so be sure to follow the Husker Cuzcast on Facebook and Twitter at Husker Cuzcast. Drop us a comment, good or bad. You can email us at huskercuzcast at yahoo.com. You can catch all of our episodes on Podbean and on iTunes. Next week is game week, guys. Can't wait. We're going to be previewing the uh, Arkansas State game and other big games of the weekend. So on behalf of Derek and Tyler, we want to thank everybody for listening. And as always, go Big Red! Go Big Red! Go Big Red! Say bye bye so long, see you later, take it easy, be cool, hang loose.